Hey everyone, this is Victor from Cyborg for Life, and I want to welcome you guys to episode 9 of Lemming Thing Live, where the patients get to interview the guests. Today, I'm joined by none other than the man himself, Dr. Shahab Mabubian from Height Lengthening in Los Angeles, California. Dr. M, how are you doing today? All right, nice to see you, Victor, as always. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. You're the guy who started this whole thing off. You were my first surgeon that I interviewed, so you are the one to thank. So the way that it's going to work today is we have some questions that were submitted from the patients, and then we're going to go ahead through, go through those, and then we're going to open it up to the live Q&A chat for a little bit and answer some questions from your fans. So you ready for this? I'm sorry, Victor. I'm getting a call from the hospital. Can you give oh, me one second? Absolutely. Absolutely. I got to get set. I, I apologize. Anyway. You're good. All right, guys, so Dr. M's just taking a call real quick, uh, but go ahead and pop in here. All right, we got some people watching. I know it's kind of early, but Dr. M is here, so. There he is. Apologize about that. Sorry. You're, you're good, man. You're you're a busy man. <laughs> I'm still in work mode today. You know, I had a bunch of surgeries this morning, so they, they may continue to ask questions. But that that's the way it works with a surgeon. They understand. <laughs> but, but but I'm here for you guys and uh, for you and any questions that you guys have, uh, I'd be happy to share my thoughts and uh, uh, anything I can help you guys with. Awesome. All right. So we'll go ahead and get started with some of the submitted questions. I'll start off with number one is uh, the patient submitted a question saying, my left tibia is shorter than my right, and I've always had a hard time standing up on my left tippy toe, kind of like there was a little bit of slack in the muscle of sort. My left calf is also much smaller than my right, and it definitely feels weaker. In your experience, have you had any other limb length discrepancy patients who had a similar situation? Sure. You know, I, I've treated a lot of patients with leg length discrepancy. That's basically what it's called when one leg is shorter than the other. Uh, and that could cause a lot of problems, not just in the legs, but, you know, you travel up to the knees, the hips, the neck, uh, I'm sorry, the back and all the way up to the neck uh, because the whole body's out of whack. Uh, so a lot of these people, they have to be forced to wear uh, shoes with either inserts or heel lifts. And they're not the prettiest things to see, but it can really mess with your body and uh, uh, your activities. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I've done leg length discrepancy corrections. So you just lengthen the one leg to basically even out the pelvis. That's that's our goal is to even out the pelvis so that they can have a nice straight back, straight legs. Um, and then usually the muscles start to develop as well. Uh, when you have a shorter muscle, now, People who get these leg length discrepancies, there has to be an underlying condition. Uh, usually they had some kind of injury when they were a kid. Uh, sometimes there's a disease process such as polio. I've treated a few uh, polio patients, uh, which causes their one leg to be shorter and weaker. Mm. Um, but, you know, is any kind of sickness as a kid can affect their growth place on the one side. Right. So this is a pretty nice treatment to have in order to correct that leg leg discrepancy and get them back to normal life. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Um, so the next question from the other patient is, have you ever had a case of a patient having femoral acet acetabular impingement, FAI, hip surgery before having lengthening done? I just had FAI surgery on my left hip, and I am wondering how long I should wait before getting limb lengthening done. 
So femoral acetabular impingement is when your hip, you know, there's a hip socket and your hip moves around in there. It's when the hip actually hits the acetabulum or the mm -hmm. pelvis. Uh, the nice thing about the limb length, uh, limb lengthening surgery is that we stay out of the hip joint itself. So it has nothing to do with the, with the hip joint. So if you've had that surgery done, then, you know, there's no contraindication to having the uh, height lengthening procedure. Um, you just, you know, need to make sure that you've recovered from your surgery, which with that type of surgery, maybe takes about two to three months mm -hmm. and then you can have it, you, you can get the, uh, lengthening procedure done. Awesome. Okay. All right. Uh, question number three from the next patient is if possible. Okay. Um, this person asks, is asking the doctor if tat, if this person has tattoos on their legs and they get the height lengthening procedure done for, let's say three inches on the femurs, will the, will the tattoos have a distortion if they get the lengthening done? That's skin. a great question. You know, people, people are really protective about their tattoos. You know, I, <laughs> I do a lot of shoulder surgeries and, you know, people, a lot of people have tattoos around their, uh, their shoulders. So I'm very careful to try and go in the lines when I make my incisions. Uh, but it's a good question. When you lengthen, uh, you know, your legs, your skin stretches out. So mm -hmm. it does kind of distort the, uh, the tattoos, but I don't think it's going to be that obvious. Okay. Um, even if you go three inches in the femur and three inches in the tibias, uh, it may distort it a little bit. It may make it look a little bit more elongated, but mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be that noticeable. I think okay. what's more noticeable may be the, uh, the actual incision sites. But again, I use very small incisions, and I always try to go in between the lines if possible mm -hmm. uh, and do a very nice plastic closure so that <laughs> we don't mess up with the with the tattoos. Right. Awesome. Okay. Um this person is asking a little bit longer question. So this person says, I'm very interested in femur limb lengthening surgery. I understand that there's a risk, but I'd consider getting it done if I would understand the probability of long-term symptoms. I knew one person who had the surgery done about 10 years ago in his late 20s, but he, his tightness became more noticeable in his late 30s. Is there a percentage of patients um, that you know of that develop these long-term symptoms as the years go on? Uh, again, another great question. A lot of people uh, wonder if, hey, am I going to get arthritis if I do this surgery because the joints do become tight. Right. Uh, we don't have many long-term effects of, uh, of these procedures because, again, it's relatively new. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, this lengthening uh, process has only been developed in the past 50, 60 years. Right. So that may seem like a long time uh, for some, but uh, but again, there haven't been many long-term studies to see, you know, what the effects are. Now, even short-term studies, though, that, that show 10 years, uh, 20 years out, most people do very well. Uh, and it really depends on where your flexibility is before you start the surgery. Right. So I always tell my patients, make sure that you gain as much flexibility before your surgery uh, so that it makes the lengthening process a lot easier. This also, you know, it, it doesn't just stop just because, you know, you're done with the procedure. You still have to uh, keep exercising and keep stretching on a daily basis because your muscles do want to tend to go back down to where they were before you started lengthening. Mm -hmm. So it's important to stretch every day uh, 
but over time your body does get used to the uh, new length and so so basically i haven't seen many patients with long-term issues mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they complain of tightness for a year or two years out but again if you do your stretches and your physical therapy throughout the process and continue to, to be active you should have no issues right um, yep so I don't think there's uh, any major long-term issues uh, with the process. Awesome. Cool. Yep. Staying on top of that rehab, guys. It's been echoed throughout this channel. <laughs> All righty. Moving right along here, we have another question from another patient saying, I have Hashimoto's disease, and although I live an extraordinary, extraordinarily healthy life and don't take medication, I still have it, and it still gets inflamed. So I was wondering if I can still get limb lengthening surgery done. So for those of you who don't know, Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease that basically the body attacks the thyroid glands of your own body. Uh, so what happens over time is that the thyroid uh, gets eaten away by your own body per se. Uh, so it stops making the thyroid that your body needs and most people end up going on medications. Problem with uh, Hashimoto's is that you have a lot of fatigue, you, you have weight gain and you know all sorts of uh, different problems that goes with it mm -hmm. but if it's well controlled and you don't have many symptoms on a daily basis or weekly basis then there's no contraindication to undergoing the procedure however i know with hashimoto's that if there's some kind of stress on the body mm -hmm. that it can become activated and get inflammation and undergoing the surgery itself is a big stress on the body so yes, it's possible for it to become activated. However, if you just take the medications, you should be fine. These medications uh, for thyroid uh, don't affect the bone regeneration or the lengthening process. Awesome, okay. I think he'll be glad to hear that. All right, a couple more here that were submitted and then we'll move into the live chat. Um, the next person's asking, how long after surgery can I start driving on my own again? This is a very commonly asked question. And I always say it really depends on your pain level. Oh, okay. If you are able to walk around, now of course with the precise nails, since they're not fully weight bearing, but if you're able to get around with a walker and be able to put a lot of pressure on your legs and not be in too much pain, then you can drive. Mm. That usually takes anywhere from two to four weeks. Okay. Uh, so that's when I usually say you could go back to driving. Now, if you're in need of taking really strong pain medications, such as narcotics, like Norco, then I certainly advise against driving because, you know, it's going to impair your driving. So make sure you're off those medications. You know, I, I don't like my patients to be on uh, these narcotics for very long. I try to encourage them to take Tylenol or, again, stretch and icing, you know, to help control the pain. Okay. Uh, but generally... Two to four weeks is usually when you could start driving after the procedure. Okay, awesome. All righty, last two here. Um, so this one is for Dr. M specifically. He says, how often do your patients have any type of complications that require additional surgeries or expenses that might have to come out of pocket? Well, Victor, with any type of surgery, there's mm -hmm. always a risk of complications, no matter right. what. You cut that skin, you're, you're exposing uh, your body to pathogens so there's always a risk of infection mm -hmm. there's a risk of developing blood clots you can uh when you're lengthening you could form too much bone so you get premature consolidation mm -hmm. some people don't form enough bone and then it leads to non-union 
Uh, as far as my patients go, I really haven't seen too many complications as long as my patients follow the directions I give them. Right. Uh, the, ones, the ones that don't listen or they do whatever they want, yes, those <laughs> are the ones that end up getting complications. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm uh, on top of my patients as far as following them regularly. Uh, so I see them every two to three weeks. We take x-rays, make sure the bone is growing nicely, make sure the range of motion is good. I make sure that their pain is well controlled. They're doing their therapy. So it really helps to follow your doctor's uh, directions and follow up with your doctor uh, regularly to make sure that no complications are developing. If I see something is developing, such as like, let's say someone's making too much bone, then we speed up the lengthening process. Mm -hmm. uh, so there are things that you could do to prevent major complications. You just okay. have to communicate and, uh, you know, if there's something that feels strange, make sure to reach out to your doctor uh, to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, you know, f uh, doing uh, every two to three week follow-ups is I think a very, very important key to make sure nothing bad happens. Right, yeah, doing those uh, checkups, guys. You got to get those x-rays and see what's going on. Awesome. All right, Dr. M, I think that's most of the submitted questions. Oh, wait, wait, we have one more, and then we'll go into the live chat. Uh, this person's asking, any new tips or um, resources or advice on getting money for the surgery besides care credit? Or do you have any other, like, uh, I guess, companies that you work or are associated with besides care credit that you recommended in one of your videos as far as i know care credit is the only company that's specifically designed to help people with medical procedures okay uh so so they help them with you know taking care of part of their expenses and it really depends on your credit score as far mm -hmm. as how much they're going to cover right um I haven't heard of any other companies. If you hear of any, please let me know because I know a lot of patients ask about these things. Right. Uh, the other option you have is to put everything on your on your credit card, mm -hmm. but I know the, uh, <laughs> the percentage on those is pretty high and could get pretty expensive, but that's another right. option. Okay, cool. All right, I'll let them know. I'll make sure I tag it that. Alrighty, so um, do you have like a few more minutes that we're gonna go into the live chat and answer some questions there? Sure, we'd love to, yeah. Absolutely. All right, cool. All right, so I'm going to open that up. Let me rewind back here. All right, so we have quite a few questions. So this person is asking, um, Albert, I'll just put it down here so you can actually see it there. If I weigh around 130, I guess, pounds going into the surgery, will I still be required to be on a wheelchair during my lengthening and consolidation phases, or can I use walker or crutches? Uh, so this is a misconception that a lot of people have that they think, oh, if I undergo this procedure, I'm going to be stuck in bed or stuck in a wheelchair for four, five, six months, whatever. Right. No, no. <laughs> it's really important that you get up and walk. The only reason I say use a wheelchair is for long distances. So mm. if you're going to go to the grocery store or somewhere that requires, you know, a lot of walking, then I would recommend using a wheelchair. However, for day-to-day -day chores and going around your house, uh, you will need a walker. Even if you're 130 pounds, uh, so so the precise nails, uh, they're you know they're they're manufactured to be able to uh, maintain 50 to 75 pounds of your weight. Mm -hmm. So if you're 130 pounds, it's already too much. Now, of course, mm -hmm. if you're standing on both legs, that's 75 and 75. So you could be 150 pounds and stand on your legs with no problem. So okay. 
being able to you know cook or wash dishes or even to stand up to pee you know simple <laughs> things like that you can do without a walker if right. you're 150 pounds or less mm -hmm. uh, but even if you're at 130 when you come to take one full step as you're walking you're putting all your weight on one right. leg mm -hmm. so that's that's too much that's why you still need a walker when you're getting around uh now you know people are very worried some some of my patients they're like well i don't even want to risk breaking it so i'm not walking <laughs> but that's not good either because you need you need to walk you need to move to enhance the bone formation to help the bone to become stronger that's really important uh, so it's important to walk it's also really good for circulation yeah. uh, so i don't want you to think that just because one time you put too much weight the nails just gonna snap these nails are really strong they're made of titanium mm -hmm. the way they fail is if you repetitive repetitively over time keep putting too much weight on it yeah. because the nail starts to bend and bend and then finally it snaps nice. but again i will be able to see that if you follow up with your x-rays mm -hmm. there you go guys <laughs> he's gotcha Alrighty. um we have a little fan here. This guy, Dr. M, is the the goat. I had my consultation with him in December 2019. Surgery is scheduled for 2022. There you go. You got a little fan reaching out to you. Nice. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. All righty. Scooting right down here. Um, this person's asking, will you do limb lengthening surgery on patients at 5'10"? Do you have a cutoff or height? I don't really have a cutoff. I've... Uh... I think the tallest person I've done this surgery on was 5'10". Okay. I try to discourage people that are six feet and taller from mm -hmm. doing it just because I don't think they're going to get that much benefit from going from six foot to six foot three. Yeah. <laughs> I think once you're six foot and above, you're already above average. Uh, so I don't know how much the height lengthening procedure will help you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with your lifestyle. I, you know, but... Some people think, oh, if I become three inches taller, then I'll be an amazing basketball player and get into the NBA. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. You have to be really skilled um, at, at playing basketball in order to get into the NBA. Uh, but not only that, when you do the uh, lengthening procedure and gain three inches, your muscles become tighter. So mm -hmm. uh, you may be able to walk and run normal, but you're not going to be able to run as fast as you used to. Uh, so you're not going to be as quick as you used to. You may be taller. So there's a uh, pros and cons with doing it for athletic purposes. Right. Uh, but as far as being five foot ten, if you're doing it for the right reasons, or even if you're five eleven, if you're doing it for the right reasons, uh, you know, it's something that we have to have a conversation about to see mm -hmm. and make sure that the procedure is right for you. I don't. I don't encourage anybody to do this surgery unless mm -hmm. they really need it. Or right. they they they've done their research and know that this is going to help them. Absolutely, very cool. I love it. Um, okay, so this person has more of a specific surgeon question, but I guess we'll be you know we'll answer it generally. I'll just post my question here. He says I had a L five through S one dis degeneration uh, degeneracy uh, ten years ago and still face mild pains and sciatic nerve on one side. Is it safe to undergo limb lengthening? What precautions should I take? I guess they'd have to consult with you privately, right? Uh, yeah, they would, and it really depends on their symptoms that they're that they're experiencing. Um, again, you know, the as you lengthen everything and stretch everything out, mm -hmm. some people get end up with uh, more symptoms from the areas that they're having pain. Other people they, they feel no difference. 
Okay. So again, I, w I would have to see see you in person and examine you to see uh, whether or not it, it would affect you in a negative in a negative fashion. Okay, gotcha. Um, so this person is asking. Uh, so guys, we'll go for Dr. M. Do you have like maybe ten or fifteen minutes tops left? Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. We'll go for that. Okay. All right. This person is asking if after you do your surgery, how long will the legs recover, and how long is the distraction takes? And okay, so um, so they're just asking for the intervals of like when they get the surgery, how long was the distraction phase if they're going for let's say the full three inches, um, and then how long does it take for the bone to heal? So not everybody does the full three inches. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I try to encourage my patients to go, you know, the maximum that they can or, or that their body can handle. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's not always the full three inches. Some people, they're happy with getting two inches or even two and a half inches. Uh, again, it's, it's individualized, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and the shorter you go or, or, the, or the shorter you lengthen, the quicker your recovery will be. Now, okay. let's, let's just say three inches. If you go for the full three inches, then it, that lengthening process takes about three months. So it's about an inch per month. Uh, but then after you're done, it takes another four to five weeks for the bone to really consolidate and become hard enough uh, so that your body can start taking on the full weight rather than the nail itself. Uh, so that's the, uh, the consolidation that the, they're talking about takes about four months. Okay, gotcha. And that's okay. usually when I say, okay, well, you know, stop stop using the uh, the walker and start just walking without assistance. Okay, cool, awesome. All right, so this person, uh, they where their question go? It was just, here it is. All right, so this person says, I live in a two-story house with a family and all bedroom bedrooms are upstairs. Would I still be able to live in my house considering I might have to go up and down? P.S. I have a caretaker and live in L.A. So. Uh, Excellent question. This is, a, this is a very commonly asked uh, question. You know, what do I do with stairs? Right. Uh, well, first of all, before you leave the hospital, after your surgery, uh, you are seen by a physical therapist who's going to help you uh, walk and get around. They also train you of how to go up and down stairs. Mm -hmm. uh, what I tell my patients is, listen, if it's really difficult to use the walker to go up and down the stairs, then you, you could just scoot up and down on your butt, mm, which okay. makes, it, makes it a lot easier to just get around. Right. The other uh, the other alternative is to set up a room downstairs temporarily until you're a lot stronger to be able to go up and down the stairs. Mm -hmm. Okay, gotcha. Um, so here we got this next one. Okay, guys, we have about 10 minutes left for Dr. M, and then we're going to let him go. Let's see here. I just had a question. They're, they're, they're piling in the questions now. No problem. <laughs> People are getting off work, and they love you, man. All right, here we go. Recently, you posted a video, I guess on your YouTube or, or your Instagram, of a 17-year-old who had completed his lengthening fairly quickly. I wanted to ask, was that surgery done using the precise or the stride nail? I guess if you remember. <laughs> well, I've... Well, You've done so many videos. <laughs> listen, you know, the younger you are, usually the faster you heal. Uh, so because it was a 17-year-old, that's probably... Be, and it doesn't matter if it's the precise or the stride. They, you know... It, they're both the same as far as uh, bone formation. Mm. But generally, uh, people that are younger, they tend to uh, heal and form that new regenerate bone a lot faster. Right. Uh, so unfortunately for, for the patient, we have to move a lot faster, which becomes a little bit more painful. Uh, they have to do more therapy. It's a, it's a little bit uncomfortable. 
But again, that's that's the reason why you got to keep coming in uh, on a regular basis and take x-rays and make sure that you don't develop that premature consolidation. Mm-hmm. So so that's the reason why, you know, this 17 year old uh, probably finished a lot faster. Now, at the same time, I've seen this happen in 40 year olds. Also, there's 40 year olds, you know, they they take uh, uh, their vitamin D and calcium and their supplements and they have a good, healthy diet and they form uh, bone just as fast. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with genetics, uh, but it's also age, age related as well. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, younger you are, the most likely the faster you'll heal. All right, so we have some more questions here. I'll try to pick the good ones. Let's see here. Um, oh, we got the height lengthening. I guess one of your, your crews in here helping me answer some questions. So I'll, <laughs> that's awesome. All right, let's see. That must be Amanda. By the way, if you guys uh, send any emails to me, um, Amanda is an expert in height lengthening, and she's been answering all my emails, helping me out because we get a ton of emails every day, and uh, she's been great mm-hmm. uh, in helping all my patients uh, get their get their questions answered. So, if you do have additional questions that we we're not going to get to today, please right. make sure to email us, and uh, mm-hmm. either I or Amanda will help you guys and uh with your questions yeah absolutely amanda this is a huge shout out to you i remember uh dealing with you you're super super um uh responsive and she's awesome so big shout out to you amanda (laughs) all right so we had a question oh wow these questions are going quick i lost one so somebody was asking i'll just ask it here because i couldn't click on it fast enough um because they're coming in so quickly they were just asking how long after the procedure do you follow up like until you're done like let's say that they get their rods removed what's like the last uh follow-up is it like after rod removal that's it you don't see them again or is it like some four weeks after that you know because the rod removal is a fairly benign surgery because Mm -hmm. all we're doing is removing some metal from the body we're not making any new cuts Mm -hmm. uh so the recovery is pretty pretty fast in fact most of my patients after the rod removal they just walk out of the hospital without any assistance Right. Very minimal pain. So I see them for their post-op, like about a week or two after the rod removal, take out the sutures, and it's sayonara. They, uh, <laughs> I don't get to see them anymore. But right. if there's ever any issues, they do call me, but it's very rare that I get uh, that I get calls from uh, my patient. post-limb lengthening patients. Right. If anything, I have to reach out to them to say, hey, can you uh, help this other patient that has all these questions? And that's the only time I... I get to see them or hear hear from them again. So <laughs> I think most of them do really, really well after the surgery that they just move on with their life. And a lot of them are very happy with amazing confidence after the surgery. It's, mm-hmm. it's remarkable to see how this surgery really changes their lives. It's true. And I've gotten emails. I get emails every day that people are telling me like, oh, I went to get the surgery with this doctor and I feel so much better about myself. It's true. Um, okay, a couple more questions here. So this person is asking, um, well, man, they're piling in. Guys, slow it down a second. I'm trying to click on a button. Um, so this person was asking, here we go. How much length do you recommend for height lengthening so that we, I guess, maintain decent proportions? Uh, good question. You know, when you lengthen your leg, you're going to change your proportions, whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, it's going to yeah. change. Uh, <laughs> so I wouldn't worry so much about the proportions because overall people don't notice that big of a difference in your proportions. People are not looking at, Oh, let me look at your, your uh, femurs and your legs and uh, something's wrong. You know, 
people don't really like register in their brain that your proportions have changed, but they right. do change. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you wear long shorts or long pants, people are not going to be able to tell. They just look at your height and they say, wow, this guy's much taller than he used to be. If mm-hmm. they notice that even. Right. Uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, Victor, but I think most people just say something looks different about you. Absolutely. I just don't know what it is. Yep, you're 100% right. I've gotten tons of patients tell me that. They're like, they don't even worry. Nope, nobody even worries about the proportions after the procedure. It's just ahead of it. So, guys, you're good. Trust Dr. M. All right, let's see here. This person's asking, um, is it possible to do one side and then the other side? I guess the contralateral lengthening. Yes, I've done that a few times on patients who. Uh, had time or they just did not want to go on a walker or mm. be in a wheelchair at all. Okay. So if you do one side at, at a time, then you have obviously a good leg to walk on. Mm-hmm. So that at, so in those conditions, then you could just use crutches. Right. You still need some kind of assistive devices, but at least it's not going to be a walker uh, or a wheelchair because you're, you're always going to have a good leg to walk on. And the way we do that is, you know, we do one side, let it fully recover, uh, which usually takes about four or five months and then we do the other side and then we even them out. Okay. Uh, And again, during that process where one leg is shorter than the other, uh, most, again, most of the time you're on a crutch. Uh, otherwise you could, you know, you could wear a heel lift to kind of balance yourself out a little bit. Oh, that's a really cool technique. I didn't even think about that. That's true. That's what I had to do for years. So, um, All right, last five minutes, guys. So if you want any more questions, pile them in now. We'll get the best ones. Uh, Dr. M has those um, over on his time. It's 310, so we're going to let him go then. All right, so here we go. How long will it take before I can start walking with my normal gait after the surgery? Uh, This is a good question because um, it really depends on your flexibility before your surgery. Ah. So, again, it comes back to your flexibility. If you have really good flexibility, uh, then you're going to be able to walk a lot faster sooner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, what limits your walking is the tightness in your muscles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of the time after the high lengthening procedure, people have like a waddling gait. They kind of walk like this uh, until the muscles uh, get used to the lengthening and get stronger again. Right. Um, But I say on average, it takes about six months before you're able to kind of walk normally. Okay. But if you do the therapy, you do your stretches, you could you could shave maybe uh, a month out of that. That's great. Yeah. The faster, the better. Okay, here we go. Last couple questions, guys. Um, what medication is to be taken by patients after surgery and for how long? I guess they're referring to pain medication or, yeah. So I usually prescribe Norco for pain, which I think is a really good pain medication. Mm-hmm. The downside is that it's addictive uh, <laughs> and you become dependent on it. Uh, so I try to encourage my patients to take it, you know, the least amount that they need. The first, the first couple of weeks is probably the most painful part of the whole process. Um, most of my patients are able to get off this medication and just take Tylenol uh, mm-hmm. after two, three weeks. Now, there are some that still require it throughout the whole lengthening process because, you know, as you lengthen, things get tight and they can be painful. Um, but I tried to tell them to limit how much they take. There's a lot of bad side effects with Norco and these narcotic medications. You know, they could cause constipation um, and the dependency. You know, it's not good. Getting off of them is not good. Uh, so, so, but it's it's the best pain medication that we have. But you have to be careful how you take it. Okay. Um, 
And again, the sooner you get off of it, the better. Uh, but if you need it, you're probably only going to need it during the lengthening process. Once the lengthening process is done, mm -hmm. the pain generally tends to go away. Okay, awesome. All right, guys, we're going to take two more questions here, and that'll wrap us up on time. Um, so let me see. Amanda, you're doing a great job. Thanks so much for answering a lot of these questions. Yeah, that Amanda, all right. She's great. Definitely give her a pat on the back for me. Um, okay, so here we go. Uh, man, hold on, guys. I just, here we go. Where is it? Where is it? Here it is. Okay, so he's asking, what are some of the complications that are unique to the precise nail as compared to the stride nail? or I guess, yeah, differences that you see, besides weight bearing, I guess, is there anything else that you see going for me? Well, that's that's basically the general difference between the uh, precise and the stride nail is that the stride nail is a full weight bearing nail mm -hmm. and the precise nail is a partial weight bearing nail. So yeah. the difference is that you tend to lose some additional muscles when you're with a precise nail because you're not using your legs to the full potential that, you know, when you're walking. So. Mm -hmm. You tend to lose a little bit of your muscle and you get muscle atrophy. The good thing is that once you do start walking and putting full weight, once you, you're done and uh, fully recovered, then the muscles tend to come back right away. Yeah. Uh, and the way to maintain that muscle is, again, with therapy, doing proper exercises, uh, bicycling, swimming, doing uh, light weights uh, can maintain your muscles. Okay. Uh, but, you know, the main... The main complication with the stride nail is the corrosion that uh, that occurs within the bone. Mm -hmm. And I've been calling all my patients who have had the stride nail and tell them to come back and get get these uh, nails out. Now, everyone who's who's done the stride nail up to this point is already done with the procedure, mm -hmm. and they've all done well. You know, you know the bone grows great, but the longer you leave that nail in, the higher chance of having additional corrosion, which is not good. When we take these nails out, there's a lot of nasty stuff that's grown on these nails. So uh, if you've had it, make sure you take it out. Okay. All right, guys. So make sure you, if you got your surgery with Dr. M, go back and get those nails out. Or even if you didn't, if you're in the area, you can definitely get it out. All right. Let's see here. Last question. Oh, man. It's, here we go. Here it is. Here we go. I'm considering the lengthening over nail on tibia. So I would also like to know Dr. M's opinion on it. So the lengthening over nail. I just shot a video on this the other day. So there, it's in there. Their, their mind right now. <laughs> you know, I think the LON technique was an old technique. I think yeah. now, you know, once the precise nail came out and the stride nail came out and everything was inside, mm -hmm. it was a much better process. For those of you that don't know, uh, the lengthening over the nail is that, you know, you put the nail, then you put an external device, mm -hmm. you lengthen using the external device, and then at the end you remove the external device and put the screws into the nail. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just unnecessary surgery and it just makes the whole process a lot more painful because you have this external device that's doing the lengthening. Yeah. Um, so I think with the uh, new advances of using the precise nail, uh, I think the LON technique is kind of outdated at this point. So okay. I don't use that anymore. I, you know, you have the same exact bone growth and uh, much faster results uh, with the precise nail. Okay. Awesome. All right, guys. So if you want, go ahead and put in the chat. Thank Dr. M for coming on and joining us for Limiting Thing Live. Dr. M, I want to thank you so much for coming on and answering the questions from these patients because they've been asking for you to come on for months since we started this. So I really I appreciate pleasure. your time. Yeah, definitely. And um, Amanda, thanks so much for hopping in the chat and answering some questions from the patients there. Guys, I'm going to go ahead and put Dr. M's uh, contact information uh, below uh, and then, Dr. M, you can just check if it's um, 
if it's correct here, we got the heightlengthening.com as your website, and then we have your email as info at heightlengthening.com. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Okay. We also have uh, uh, it's the hashtag heightlengthening. Okay. Uh, at heightlengthening for uh, for the Instagram. Okay. Uh, also the same for TikTok, and I'm trying to make more TikTok <laughs> videos for you guys. I don't know if you guys enjoy them or think it's silly, but I think it's. It's just fun to reach out to everybody, just different ways. Yeah, you know, I actually remember a patient mentioned that on a, a previous live that we had. They said that they saw Dr. M on TikTok. <laughs> I said, that's awesome, man. He's getting out, getting on the social media. So that's great stuff. All right, Dr. M, we're going to let you get back to it. I really appreciate you coming on. I'll send uh, Amanda all the uh, follow-up details and send you that too. Cool. All right, Victor. Thanks, and thanks for everybody for watching. Uh, please reach out to us uh, for additional questions. Take awesome. care. Awesome. All right, all right, take care. All right, bye. All right, guys. So that was Limb Lengthening Live for today with Dr. M. Um, really appreciate you coming out and asking questions. Guys, you were pounding the questions here. I really, really appreciate you for coming coming out. But I could, I, I know that, you know, Ayana, I saw your question, but before I could click on it, it was going through the stream. So Amanda, I really want to shout out and thank you so much for at, uh, answering the questions. You can stay in the chat for a few more minutes. I'll just stay here and kind of update for the next two minutes on what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. But thank you so much, Amanda, for doing that. I really appreciate you being um, very responsive for all of my connections with Dr. M over the, the years. So, um, um, but I really appreciate you guys coming out for uh, supporting uh, Dr. M today and um, showing your love to Limiting Live. And if you guys want to reach out to Dr. M, you can go to yeah, pretty much the website Amanda just posted, info at heightlengthening.com. That's their website. Or you can even reach out to them on Instagram, which is kind of how I started. I mean, it all started by me posting a, a squatting video and hashtag limb lengthening or something like that, or height lengthening. I don't remember. And Amanda reached out to me, and then it all started from there. And then he was the first surgeon that I interviewed, and here we are. So uh, look at how everything starts from little little things. So, all right, guys. So until next time, this is Victor from Cyborg for Life signing out. I'll see you guys next time. Thanks for coming.